Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and Sioux Nation in Fort Pier. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest today is Eric Snodgrass. We'll hear from him after this. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Eric Snodgrass is the Senior Science Fellow and Principal Atmospheric Scientist at Nutrient Ag Solutions in Champaign, Illinois. He says when it comes to weather's impact on the markets, it's all about managing risk. And for a grower, it's going to be those two things that are the greatest source of risk. So, you know, what we really focused on today was trying to understand where the garden spots are in 2022 across the U.S., who's struggling, who's not. We talked a lot about severe weather in places around the United States, especially in the parts of South Dakota. Uh, and then we just kind of gave our best outlook for going forward into fall and winter and even talked a little about South America at the end of the day. So we try to cover as much as we can because it's it's one of those years where if supply is down, then we could see uh, you know risk on the demand side. Two derechos in South Dakota in the matter of about a month is what it was. National Weather Service revealed that they have issued more watches and swarms for severe weather in South Dakota this year by far than ever. Are you seeing that kind of volatile weather as you look all over the U.S.? No, I mean, we're at the epicenter really here. Uh, In fact, it's been the opposite. Like in Illinois, where I'm from, we've not had much severe weather. Uh, Down in uh, the Southern Plains uh, into Oklahoma, they had it early in the year, but Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, you know, the the Mid-South area too, extremely hot and dry. They've missed all of this. So it's all run around the edge. It's hit us pretty hard here in South Dakota. And yeah, both of those derecho events, uh, in fact, the, the derecho event that was on May 12th. If you look at the total land area that was hit by that one, it was actually bigger than the 2020 Iowa derecho event. But we just didn't have a mature crop in the ground, so we didn't see the damage. But it was nasty. Is a derecho that terminology in weather, is that a fairly new term? Is this something that as equipment and technology has evolved, we can better name and designate various severe weather systems? Or has it been around, we just haven't had an occurrence? Yeah, it's been around for a while. I actually have to go back and look up when we first started using the term, but it's a Spanish term and it just means straight. So it's referring to the straight line winds of these big, long, what we call squall lines. So we've been using that term a long time in in, in atmospheric sciences, but it's caught on in the last couple of decades here, uh, really in the last 10 years, as just being a term that the media is using a lot. And it's good. That's that's what the term is used for, these big damaging lines of storms that produce 500 to 1,000 reports of severe wind damage with, you know, 80 to 100 mile hour winds. And we've seen that now twice, like you said, once in May and then another one just after the 4th of July, which was really damaging as well. Weather, everybody loves to mm-hmm. speculate and be, be a weather guy. And <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Um, as you look at the models, can we project what we think is going to happen the next 30, 60 days to kind of get an idea if this is going to settle down or if we've got more get to the basement times ahead? Yeah, well, it's the get to the basement time of year. So we, we know that just based on history. Uh, but, but, you know, when it comes to forecasting, we kind of break it into two groups. You have your near-term forecasting, goes about 10 days. Then you have what we call your sub-seasonal stuff. Now, you talked about speculative. Everything after 10 days is speculative. We're basing that off a few bits of information, and that's why skill is generally low for anything beyond about 10 to 15 days. 
But you ask, are we going to continue to see the bad weather? And, and the reality of it is, is that because it's so hot and dry in Texas, the storms kind of orbit that. We get that ring of fire pattern, which means I think we're going to see more storms coming in. The other part of it is the jet stream is pushing into what we call a big ridge in the Gulf of Alaska. So all the heat's going west. That gives us better chances at seeing more storms as we progress through the end of July and possibly into August. I just hope we stay on that ring of fire. You don't want to be inside of it because then it's just hot and dry and it eats the crop up. So it's kind of a balance. You know, we, we hate the storms for their destructive aspect. We love the storms because they deliver rain. And that's kind of where we are as we get into this point of the season. Drought conditions around the U.S. That seems to have really gotten extreme here in the last few weeks in the parts that are being hard hit. Yeah, and that, that hard hit area is primarily from like western Kentucky and Tennessee through Missouri into Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas. There are some places there that have had um, I don't know, 30 plus days of over 100 Fahrenheit. That means that the evaporation rates each week are over three to four inches if there's water to evaporate. And they've not measured rainfall in 45 to 50 days. So I've seen just absolutely devastating pictures of crops in that part of the country. So we're talking about sorghum and cotton. There's corn and soybeans growing there, rice. It's all shriveled and gone because it just can't handle this much heat and this much drought. I feel terrible seeing all of that happen there. Just watching it happen and be not able to do anything but forecast and say, well, it's going to continue because oftentimes with drought, drought begets drought. We have a saying, right? All signs fail in the time of drought. That means all signs of rain, they just tend to evaporate, you know, to use another meteorological term, when, when, the, when, when you're in drought. Other hot topics as you visit with colleagues around the country and the world? Well, it's, it's around the world I think we're going to see some issues. So what I would say is that we've seen multiple heat waves go through Europe and end up in parts of Ukraine, so that's really hit their crops pretty hard. There's a big one going through this week uh, that's in national news. Um, while the Indian monsoon has produced very heavy rainfall, the Ganges River, that's the big river valley that runs where there's about 700 million people, they're actually very, very dry. China's a wild card right now. Uh, we can see on satellite that there are some stressed crops there. About the only place around the world that's happy is Australia. They've had plenty of rain, and they're pretty happy in the middle of their winter. I guess what I would finish with is we do have a La Nina going on. That's going to put some risk into South America's start of their growing season, which is September and October this year, uh, being dry in the southern parts of their growing areas. So that's the major uh, stuff we're watching right now. La Nina versus El Nino. Yeah. Which one is La Nina? Yeah, La Nina is where we've got the cold water in the Central Pacific, uh, and that's where the trade winds are strong, and it tends to just give us better drought chances in the Midwest. When there's a El Nino, the trade winds are fast, it's warm in the Central Pacific along the equator, and we tend to get a lot more rain during El Nino events. With Agriculture In-Depth, brought to you by Sioux Nation in Fort Pierre and by Kimball Livestock Exchange, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.